Hi, everyone. I'm Dave Butler. I'm Stefan Tager. Welcome to the Revival Podcast. Happy Tuesday. Or, or Wednesday, or we don't know. But we drop these on Tuesday because it's the day of double blessings, in case you don't know. This is a podcast. It's called Revival. So if you're new, you love that word already, but that's the essence of what we're looking for, that we just feel like talking about faith revives the soul. It just reminds us like we're sitting on a gold mine. So this week, it's Elder Bednar's talk. It's the very first talk of conference. So 68% of you didn't even hear this one. So this is, <laughs> I'm in the 68. Um, so we're just yeah. excited to jump in. I hate to say it's a good one because it implies the bad ones. <laughs> it's called In the Path of Their Duty, Elder Bednar. And as we were talking this about this talk, it reminded me of a story, Dave, that you have to tell. And we talked, we brought this up beforehand, and I can't tell it as well as you because Elder Bednar indirectly is dedicating this to David Butler's Sunday school teacher. Many years ago, David told me a story. I won't tell it, but he said it's about Noah's Ark. And I just, just God bless the Sunday school teachers in your board <laughs> of the whole world, of the whole world, but particularly yeah. of mine. It's not even that bad, y'all. Stephen is setting this up to be like I was a heathen or something in Sunday school, but in Sugarland, there was a Sunday school class that we were in and we were talking about, the thing is we weren't even talking about Noah's Ark, but my mind was drifting <laughs> and I was just thinking about Noah's Ark. And so halfway through the class, I just raised my hand and I was like, okay, I have a question. And I was being sincere. And a lot of times in my Sunday school class, I was, sincerity was not my leading <laughs> quality. And I was actually sincere about asking the question. So I stopped whatever the lesson was. I was like, can I ask a question? But yes, it's not about the lesson. Is that okay? Yes. It's about Noah's Ark. Go ahead. I was like, all right, this just bugged me for a long time. If Noah's Ark fell all the animals, right? Like, yeah. And I said, where did they put all the whales and the dolphins and the fish? Because he's saying two of every kind. So we're talking like two Nemos, two Dories. Two of that starfish, two of the side suckers, like two blue whales, two belugas, two of those ones with the horns on them. <laughs> we got, we got it. Those are big. Even a baby orca is big. So I was like, where did they all go? Is there a big tank? <laughs> and my friend Rob was like, Dave, you are an idiot. And I was like, why? He's <laughs> like, why did Noah build an ark? I was like, because the earth flooded. And he was like, with what? <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, problem solved. God bless that teacher in that class. Because I could be floundering, pun intended, in questions and doubts right yeah. now. Or not for that teacher. Right. And they do it for free. For free. <laughs> they don't even get paid. I We really need to declare a blessing. I just don't know if we could do such a thing, but if I could, I would call down all the blessings of heaven for every Sunday school teacher, every primary teacher, every Cub Scout. Wait, what are they called now? I don't even know. Oh, activity a days. Activity, yes. God, I mean, they need a double blessing. <laughs> May the Tuesday's blessings fall upon you in particular. And the person that clicks everybody's couch every <laughs> single week. <laughs> the ward clerk. Yeah. Right. Guy. 
The the guy, if you want to take the scale of amount of work to least amount of glory, the war clerk is in the prime spot for more, like, you know, the axis of, you could say glor- a glory calling, like amount of glory and amount of work, and they are low glory, high work. <laughs> I'll try to rain, uh, rain in Dave Butler now, everyone. <laughs> um, I'm just declaring a blessing. Mine wasn't even that bad, but like <laughs> other teachers, I bless you. That teacher, I don't think we chased out of town. But <laughs> So, Elder Bednar, he begins his talk, which is going to lead into a gratitude for all the people who serve in this church. That's what this talk is. This, <laughs> this is <a> talk dedicated. <laughs> to the Sunday school teachers, yes. right? That kind of thing. And President Clark is speaking in the October 1940-1947 General Conference, and his talk is not focused to, on the Brigham Youngs, the Heber C. Kimballs, the Wolford Woodruff, those well-known leaders, but rather, says Elder Bednar, he focused his remarks on the stalwart souls whose names are neither known nor officially recorded in church history. And really, that's what this church is made up of. Yeah. It's faithful Latter-day Saints doing quiet service their whole lives. Right. And I, I'm actually like, Elder Bednar kind of goes out on a limb a little bit here by giving a talk like this, because you could easily see a response to a talk like this where someone's just like, oh, sure, that's easy for someone in the red chairs, you know, to talk about, to say, you know, God really appreciates the peasants, you know, essentially <laughs> is like, but the interesting thing is, number one, he's been there. Number two, he's in the trenches just as much as anybody else and knows that the positions in the leadership of the church aren't anything other than the trenches mm. anyways. Like we might have an idea of, oh, looking up, like we're just conditioned, I think, as people to create hierarchy and hero worship almost kind of like we're the ones that are kind of conditioned to do that. And I just love that he gives this talk because in my mind, I'm thinking he's got people in his mind Right. That he's actually paying tribute to. That he would say, I could give you a list of names of the people that, does he honor and love the president of the church? Of course. Absolutely. The fellow members of the 12, the prophets that he dealt with as president of Rick's College, those that he looked up to and admired growing up. Yes, 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 yes. But right next to all of them and no lower in his heart would be the Sunday school teachers, the young men's leaders the home teachers that he could list by name. Yeah. One of the reasons why we know... I think Elder Benner did not tell me all that, but I'm just (laughs) assuming that about... Right, and I I think one of the things that really supports what you're saying is that throughout his ministry, Elder Bednar has actually named those kinds of people in his talks. I remember he talks about that one sister who, I think she had just lost a daughter, and someone called in the middle of that and said, Something like, we need to do this act of service for this other person. And maybe was even, if I remember correctly, even a little impatient about this request mm. for, and she just diligently went into this Christian act of service. And so one of the reasons why I actually— Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's called The Character of Christ That's is the, the name of the talk. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that talk up because if I— it was given at BYU-Idaho, if I remember right, or okay. Okay. or something. So if anybody wanted to go look it up, it would be an awesome— Right. Talk to listen to in addition. So when Elder Bednar says, I love you, I admire you, I thank you, and I commend you, I think we can absolutely, he's sincere based on the reasons we just said, and and maybe I'm biased, but I love the Latter-day Saint people. And when you spend time with them, 
And are we perfect? Oh, no, we absolutely are not, right? Every single one of us makes mistakes, but the restoration helps create the kinds of humans that are deeply refreshing and motivating and inspiring Mm -hmm. to be around. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. When he goes through and just gives, in their path of duty is sort of the... The refrain, yeah. That that comes from, in the Book of Mormon, Samuel the Lamanite talking. And he just talks about the more part of them who are in their path of duty, and then he just gives those concrete examples of, this is what I think Samuel the Lamanite is talking about, the people who are in their in their path of duty. There's only some positions in the church that are, there are some that are highly visible and you can see some of their path of duty, but only some, isn't that interesting? Yeah. They're like, I think I know what Elder Bednar does in his ministry. In reality, I have no clue. I know what he does (laughs) twice a year for one weekend. (laughs) You know what I mean? I was like, oh, I know what you do there. You give a talk and then you sit in that chair, right? But for the most part, I actually don't even know what he's quietly, the ministry he's actually living and working out. And I've heard him enough to know that his, that one-on-one ministry that he loves to talk about, that he's sincere about it in his own. He lives it. He he does it. He lives it. And this may have been in one of her talks, but Sister Dalton, Elaine Dalton said to me personally one time that she went on this on one of her assignments as a young women's president. And she goes to this remote country and has interactions with, and this is going to sound so cliche, and I know everyone's kind of heard this, but just the end line, I'll skip ahead to it. She comes back, she says to Elder Bednar, sometimes I think the Lord sends me to these far corners of the earth for a single person. And she said, he simply replied back, he does. That's all of our ministry. I know we, we hear that a lot. I do know that from hearing him in other circumstances that he would say, the most important part of my ministry is not... The visible stuff. Yeah. The stu- yeah. Right. 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 That impact that you may see. And so that list that he gives in here, this is a spot where you could just list and you could make your own. You can make your own lists of the people that he sees. You can see a face associated with every single paragraph. He says, these are the people in the path of the Jewry Quote people who, ah, I keep quoting before we're ready. <laughs> quote, 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 quote. <laughs> sit next to people who are alone in church meetings, mm. who serve in leadership positions in the Lord's restored church, who are returning to him once again, who are yoked to the Savior through the authorized covenants and ordinances of his gospel, who are translators and interpreters, who are the nursery leaders and primary teachers, the children tenderly caring for aged parents, church members who arrive early and stay late to set up and take down chairs. I mean, those are the people that this talk is really for. In fact, he quotes President Hunter as saying, if you feel that much of what you do this year or in the years to come does not make you very famous, take heart. Most of the people who ever lived weren't very famous either. Serve and grow faithfully and quietly. And I think some of the best news is that that's exactly who Jesus spent his ministry with. Mm-hmm. That's who he reached out to, is the outcast, the unknown. And that's who he was blessing and working with. And so if we're in that spot, we can know that he's doing the same with us. He's ministering to us and through us to, so we can be a blessing to other people. Yeah, and I think someone can experience that and have that confirmation. They don't even need a, I don't know if confirmation is the right word, but when you're in that service of your fellow being, <laughs> as King Benjamin said, the thrill that comes from it, you 
feel that this is like the work of heaven. You feel that this is the work of the Father and the Son as you're engaged in any kind of lifting the burden, drying the tear, helping those in need, encouraging whatever it may be that you're doing. It just, you sense the Father's approval. You sense his spirit as part of it. No, you might not have caught the attention of Instagram, but you did catch the attention of heaven when you did it. And a God who's thrilled to the bone that you would be so engaged. Like that's his work. We hear it so often that I know it just sounds cliche, but it really is. Like he's just like one-on-one, one by one, right? right? Absolutely. Elder Bednar says millions of additional examples of Latter-day Saints. Literally millions. Is that crazy? Right, it is. And it's to an multiply art. that, it's so <laughs> rad. Right. Who offer their whole souls unto God are found in Christ-centered homes and in church units around the world. Okay, Dave, I'm going to put you on the spot. Will you name one or two specific people you can think of who were a blessing to your life, who may not have been the most well-known people in the church or community? I'm going to say one, and then I want to tell a story. So okay. I don't know what order I want to do this in. As a kid growing up, oh my gosh, now I just thought of another. <laughs> I, I can't. I don't know if I can narrow this down. I do remember having a, a, a mentor that he didn't even know he was my spiritual mentor. Their name, Calvin and Ave Griffin. And they were my ward growing up. And I was a quiet observer of their faith. And it lit a fire in my soul when I heard them speak of their beliefs. And as I watched them live lives of sacrifice and diligence and oh, and love unfeigned and unhaltered, <laughs> they just, <laughs> it changed me to on multiple occasions yeah. to see that. I think of my seminary teacher, my sophomore year, Sister Olson, who asked her kids for a little karaoke machine for Christmas because she thought it'd be fun to pass the microphone around while we read scripture in seminary. And it was absolutely not fun at all, (laughs) you know, but it melted my whole being when I found out that that was her request for her Christmas gift that year from her adult children. She was in her late seventies, early eighties, because she thought these bratty (laughs) 16 year olds would think reading scripture in a microphone was funner than just reading them out loud. And maybe it was, but like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Find me a soul like that. Proverbs says their value is higher than rubies, you know, to find a person who's like that. And now, because I'm just going and going and going, I feel like you should say something because I have one more tucked away under my wing too. I remember I spoke once at a place and people are always really kind after you speak. And that's a really bad way to judge how you actually actually did because a lot of the things you need to hear people won't tell you anyways, right? So I'll you go, you <laughs> and I remember this lady came up to me. I don't know her name. And she said something like, I taught seminary for 30 or 40 years. Good glory. And it, it was something like that. And long period of time. And I wrote it down because I just remember in my soul thinking, oh, that's it. That's discipleship. This is all about here. It's not being really well-liked after giving a talk or anything like that. That is the kind of service we're, we're looking to do in, in God's kingdom. So awesome. Can I give one more? Yeah. It's a family in our ward named the Drake family. 
It's my best friend growing up. And that family helped raise me. I spent so much time at their house and going to church activities and laughing and going to baseball games. And then the restoration, we share a lot of life together. You know, this is not a church where we, you stay on your side of the room and I'll stay on mine. We are connected, knit in the heart, like Mosiah 18 yes. says. And so I'm, I'm so thankful for those people who did all those acts of unknown service. You yeah, know? that's such a thrilling thought that to be organized into these communities of people who maybe wouldn't normally want to be put together <laughs> yeah. necessarily yeah. and just to do life together. Right. We really, really do life together. And I think there will be a kinship forever and ever with people like that. He talks about in here, like you won't even know until heaven all of the, I mean, the good that you're a recipient of. Isn't that kind of cool yeah. to even think about that you're like, I am, the, I am the recipient of so much grace and goodness from heaven and earth. That's what my cells are made up of, yeah. is other people's goodness. But that's so rad to think of. You know, we talked about a couple of talks ago walking together with the Savior. And I do think one of the ways that we walk together with Him is with other people. Right. It's the way we come to know Him. You can list the people that you're like, these are the people that introduce me to Him. Right. These are the people who introduce me to the concepts that I hold so dearly. These are the people who painted the picture of what discipleship looks like for me, what love looks like for me. Those are not abstract words. I can give names and faces and stories that go with every single one of them. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about the fact that Sister Olson with the karaoke machine has no idea, no idea the impact that she had on me. None. I didn't say it. Shame on me. I was 15. <laughs> so unshamed. <laughs> this gets me. This tugs at my, you know. Yeah. And my soul strings. I think one of the greatest compliments you can offer someone, and maybe as you're listening to this podcast, someone comes to your heart and mind, one of the greatest compliments you can give someone is, is to say, this is how you remind me of Jesus. Mm. This is how you reflect. This unique aspect of your personality reminds me of him. Yeah, and I think we live in a culture that's maybe obsessed with fame and attention and leadership and important roles. So I love a, a, th a call back to this to remember, wait a second, let's think about, we can easily become obsessed with so many different things. And it's good to just come back to just the, the simple and yet like wildly significant things Jesus taught about how to make a difference in the world. Right. We kind of like that kind of talk, don't we? Just like, <laughs> how am I going to change the world, you know? <laughs> and at a graduation speech, someone's going to tell you, you know, <laughs> how, to, how to change the world. Right. Jesus showed us how, and it really is. It really is the way to, to change the world. I was talking with a, a friend of mine in my ward, and he made a comment one time about some of the callings up in the church. And he, and he kind of commented, like, oh, those really important ones. Like the young men's presidency came up, and I love the young men's presidency currently. And I see kind of a little bit behind the curtain of the things that they do. And I genuinely, if you were to say, what do you love about everyone who sits in the red chairs at conference? My answer is going to be their sacrifice. I'd love what they teach me, but I'm really inspired by the lives that they give up to do, you know, what they do. So all that 
said when he just like, oh, you know, those important ones, young men's presidency. And he was my Jack's young men's leader. And I said to him, Riley, Jack has no clue who the general young men's presidency are. God bless them. And thank you for all that they do. And uh, one day he might. And one day he might come home and find out there's a quorum of the 12 also <laughs> in the 70 who are probably benefiting his life. But I said to, I said to Riley, I was like, you're the church to him. I was like, when Jack thinks about the church, when Jack thinks about young men's, when Jack thinks about who it is that made an impact, who taught him to love and respect women and children and to be a hard worker, it's you that he's going to think of. You molded his heart. You set his feet on the path. Like the admiration that I have for him as a, a father, it makes me think, man, I know, I know what a father's heart is like to some degree. It makes me sense the father of us all. What really stirs up his soul is seeing this kind of path of duty list that we're talking about. Right. Elder Bednar, one of the last things he says is, they of the last wagon, all who are no less serviceable, and you who today are pressing forward in the path of your duty, are the strength of the Savior's restored church. Mm. That's quite a statement from yeah. an apostle of the Lord to say it's those simple acts of service that really are the strength. And that's a call. That's a call to say, hey, I can represent the Savior in His church the best I can within my responsibility to try to just help in some way, to lift in some way, to build in some way. And God will multiply that. Yeah. And you, in a way, bring alive the grace and power and love of God and His Son on this earth when you do it. We yearn for their presence, and we yearn for their coming. And in a way, you're bringing it about. You're helping people experience who they are. and what life looks like in the arms of their love, you know, by what you do. So it's like feels. Yeah. No, I've never felt this excited about church <laughs> in all my life. <laughs> you know, like we think about a Sunday and we're just like, oh, you gotta, what time your church? <laughs> it's like 11 or whatever, but it's like, you see, you see, but I was like, but if this is what church actually is, sign me up, you know? That's revival. Yes. All right, we'll see you next week. <laughs>